0: Welcome to Calvary Chapel Sebastian Podcast. We hope that you're blessed by this message. All right, let's have fellowship night. It's good. Well, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. And uh, one of guest services will bring a Bible because that's what we teach out. We teach out of the Bible. Amen. Amen. All right, Um, and you can turn to Matthew 14. We'll be starting in verse 13. Last week, Pastor Joey shared about John the Baptist, and we all know what happened to John the Baptist, right? Yes, he uh, was beheaded. What a great way to start the sermon, right? Um, but he had, uh, Pastor Joey had all those, those pictures up, all the stuff of the funky things and family and all the different things and everything. And, um, but I got a question for you tonight. Where is John the Baptist anyway right now? Where is he? Man, he's in heaven. If we could speak to John, which we can't, you think he'd want to come back? You're like, ain't no way, man. I'm with the Lord, you know? He's what? He'd be headless. He'd be headless. New bo- <laughs> All right, Keith. Um, listen, get a new body, OK? All right? And we get to ask him all those questions and everything. And so, but we know it's absent from the body. And what? Lord. Amen for that, you know? Awesome. God is so awesome. So tonight, uh, we've been going through transformed life, transformed church. And the title for tonight is All Loving, All Knowing, All Possible God. Because he is all-loving, he is all-knowing, and he is the all-possible God. So let me ask you, at one time or another, we're all going to be faced with situations that seem impossible. Anybody ever had an impossible situation in your life? We've had them before. And it's like, man, that that happens. And it's like, oh my goodness, impossible situation. I know Bridget and I, we've been through impossible situations. And even if it was financial or health and different things, and I've shared with you all before with, with our son, with kidney failure, and praise God. Uh, you know, Bridget was a match. Donated a kidney, and um, you know God saw us through that. But we go through these times that we go through things sometimes. And if you haven't, there will be a time that you'll go through something that seems like an impossible situation. And it's like when you go through those things, it's like God, what do I do, Lord? And what do we do? We go to the all possible God, because He holds us in His mighty right hand. He knows the circumstance. He knows what's going on. He hasn't left us. He says that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But sometimes in those impossible situations, sometimes we start to start, in our head, start to start thinking, what am I going to do here? What's going on here? Instead of we stop and just pray, right? And we go to the one that knows what's going on, okay? So we go to the Lord. And so we're going to see tonight in these verses that it's some impossible situations, but Jesus is the God of possibilities, okay? And we're going to see how He just works through these things and... It's feeding of the 5,000. They said approximately about 20,000 people, including with wives and children. And he's going to multiply five loaves of bread. And how many fish? Two. Now, by the way, uh, I didn't even know this, but I talked to Joey earlier. And I guess they're having sushi night back in the youth tonight. I was like, what's the theme here? He was just. we just had it planned. So I believe that God's got a word for us tonight. You know, we got sushi in the back. We're talking about fish here tonight, um, and we got a lake in the back. We can always go fishing. All right. So it's God is God is so good. I love how He just brings things together. Matter of fact, I saw a picture on Facebook of uh, Pastor David Clouse texted me. He's in Atlanta right now, and uh, they're flying back. We, I saw a picture on Facebook from their Africa trip, and it was this picture of a bunch of fish in the back of a uh, like a big horse-driven like cart. I was gonna have the picture up here and kind of show it, but I didn't get it in time. But I just thought it was. And then uh, is Paula here? Paula, she's not here, but she she kind of texts, Steve, don't eat the fish, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, don't eat those fish. I guess he had some illness, but, you know, God healed him. And so, all right, let's dig into Word. We're going to be in verse 13. And, and um, so, when Jesus heard of all that happened with John the Baptist, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot. So here, the crowds were following Jesus and the disciples, and the garden, excuse me, the, uh, um, and, and they're in the lake and Sea of Galilee and they're watching as he's going and they see Jesus in the boat. And so they're following by foot and they're watching and they're trying to get a chance to kind of get close to him because they've all heard and they've all seen that Jesus is doing these miracles and, and crazy thing, casting out demons and healing people. And they're bringing, their sick because they want Jesus to heal them. Okay, so they're on foot, and they're just walking, and we know that God does heal. Matter of fact, the other night, we have a men's Tuesday night group that meets, and one of the guys in the group says, Pastor Mike, I got to tell you this, you know, God is so amazing, and he started telling me about his wife. His wife had this infection on her toe, and going to the doctors, going to the doctors, finally the doctor said, listen, you're going to have to, we're going to have to amputate that toe. And so on the way to that particular doctor to kind of get the situation, when it's going to happen, they're praying, just crying out to God, God, just if it's in your will, heal the toe, God. We know that you heal, Lord. We, we, we know that you're the God of all possibilities. They go to the doctor, and the doctor takes off the, the stuff and looks at it and goes, your toe is healing. We don't need to amputate it. Praise God, Praise God. exactly. And it's just like, you know, and they, so they, they were driving, crying out to God, and they left rejoicing God. You know what I'm saying? And he goes, I just had to tell you that. God healed my wife's toe. You know, and God does heal, and he still does. So if there's something that you're going through and you're praying about healing, keep praying, keep asking, and keep coming to God, okay? And he does. And so they're bringing these sick to him. And look at verse 14. It says, when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Everyone say compassion. Okay, everyone say this word I have on the screen. I was going to buy dinner if anybody can say it, okay? I mean, you know, I can't even say that word. That's actually the word. It's in Greek that means compassion. So I just want to see if anybody knew it. Can you imagine saying that in, in, uh, you know, Jesus had, okay? But that's compassion in Greek. So here's the definition and usage of this word. Taking pity on someone, that human disposition that fuels acts of kindness and mercy, compassion, a form of love which is aroused within us when we are confronted with those who suffer or are vulnerable. So Jesus sees this large amount of people, and they're they're bringing people that are suffering. They're people that are needing healing, and he has compassion, and he loves them, so here's the first point for us if you're taking notes, okay? Compassion is love in action. Compassion is love in action. See, it's driven by unconditional love. It drives us to go beyond the point of feeling sad for somebody or uh, just, I feel bad for that person. It's actually taking this action. Think about you and I. At one time, we were, we were sick with sin, and did Jesus have compassion on us? When he chose us and we accepted him, okay, he had mercy on us and he healed us. And now God doesn't look at us as sin. He looked at us through Jesus as we're healed of that. Now we're still going to sin, right? All right? But because of Jesus' taking, had compassion on us, he took our sins away. And it makes me think about how God just changes people through that action with compassion and having that love. He just changes people through that there's a gentleman at, at our church in Melbourne that I know for the last few years. He was a man that was homeless. He lived on the streets. And I saw him the other day, and it made me think about it. I want to share it because I saw him the other day in church, and I just wanted to just kind of mention about him. He, As he lived on the streets, somebody took the time and saw him, knew him, met him, started to know, him, and then brought him to this place called His Place Ministries, which we have in Melbourne, who minister to people in the homeless. And through that, many people touched his lives. He started coming into the church at Calvary, and I, I met him. I had a really small part in some things with him. And God just did this work through him because he, God saved him. People had compassion, spent time with him. And this week in a church, I don't know, he just came up to me and gave me like this big hug. Like he's giving this big old hug, you know, and, he just like, and he's, he's bigger than me. So I'm like a rag doll. You know, he's like, just showed me all around, okay? And he's working, he, he's, you know, he's got this job, he's serving at the church, um, he's just doing life, he's got transportation, and it's such a changed person when somebody takes the action of having compassion and having loved and pours into somebody, it really does work, okay? And he was just like praising God for where he was at, just the fact that, that God has done a major thing in his life and where he's at. I think about this verse Um, Everybody knows the 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And because of Christ and people who took action with compassion, he is a new creation in Christ, just serving God. And there's people all around the place that which, when we're out of church, there's people everywhere that we can show compassion to. So I got this easy way for us to say it. It's, it's, It's easy to remember, ABC. Everybody see ABC always be compassionate. ABC. So next time I come back, I'm going to go ABC, right? What does that mean? Always be compassionate. Because we can always be compassionate. It just matters. Just dying of ourselves and just going out of our way and going meeting people talking. People never know what the door that God's going to open up. He opens up doors all the time. And it's a blessing to be used by God. You know, we have day of compassion coming up. What a name. We should have named it day of that Greek name. People would have been like, what is that? we've got a day of compassion. And like the thing was saying, hey, if you can paint, if you can do electrical wiring, landscaping, you can be there just to help. I I know there's a home that's being worked on, an undisclosed home that, I mean, what a blessing is to that family that this church body is going to go out, be the hands and feet of Christ, show compassion. And I can assure you, I, I think people will probably see what's going on and maybe even come over and ask some questions. We've done this before in Mexico where we've built homes in Mexico, and outside of Mazelan, in the homes, the places there are just un- incredibly unbelievable when you see them. It's like a bomb dropped off. But through YWAM, they have Homes of Hope where they build homes. And we've been down there doing that several times. And their homes, they always paint them like a pink or like a green or like a lime, all these different colors, and they stand out. And when you're there, guess what the people in the community do? They come around. They want a home. They want to see what's going on you get a chance to talk to them and really pray with them and show this compassion. And, and so, listen, when you're going out there for a day of compassion, just pray for open doors for God, just to open to share with somebody, talk with somebody, and that you can really just kind of... Remember, what was the series you went through Your uh, VIO, remember that? Value of impact of one. Pastor Mark was, did it, I think, about a couple of years ago. Value of impact of just one person. I think about the guy at church. Value of impact of one person who was on the streets, who was homeless, Someone took the time with them, shared the gospel, accepted Christ, uh, started to get discipled, working, serving, loving the Lord. I mean, that's just what it's all about, right? Going to heaven, you know? So it's just, it's awesome. So we have some keys about compassion on the screen for you. So if God leads you to somebody, here it says, always pray first. So if God, if, if, give me an example. So if, if always pray first, so pray, God, do you want me to, I, I met this person is this the person you want me to help with? You want me to reach out to this person? So pray and ask God for that direction. Second, have a desire to understand. Desire, really know what's going on in their life. I mean, so many times we just pass by people and we don't even stop. I mean, we have a thing called social media. It's, not, it's like called social media. It's like FaceTime. And It's like, really? We, I read a stat that Americans are more lonely than they've ever been before. And we've got social media. Let's take time to stop, ask God, speak to somebody, really understand their situation, and then really listen to know the situation. In order to be able to help them, we got to know the situation. This gentleman, he was homeless. Somebody took the time to know his situation, all right, and just hear him and listen to him. And then really be open and build trust, bond, share stories about your own life and build that bond with them and then give hope. I mean, do people need hope these days? People just need hope. Let them know there's hope. Share what God's done in your life. I mean, has God God done a work in your life? Okay, God's done a work in my life and I love being able to share what God's done in my life. And then ask to pray for them. Don't walk away then pray with them. And then take action. That's the compassion part. And it's a blessing when you can be part of something that God has you do to take an action, to have compassion, love somebody, because Jesus took action, and we're called to be Christ-like. And when you do that, you will be blessed. Dave, compassion, I assure you, while we're going out doing these things for people, you're going to come back blessed. Anytime I've done mission trips, I've always come back blessed, always. So let's look at verse 15. As the evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And what does Jesus say in verse 16? They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. See, you give them something to eat. This story is in all the gospels. In John uh, 6, I'll read it to you. It says about this part. It says, Jesus says, because he gives more detail, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He gives them a question. And it says, he asked this only to test them for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of these to have. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and says, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. How far will they go amongst them with all this many people here? In verse 17, look at he says, well, we, he, they say, well, we have here uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, these disciples have been with Jesus for a while now, and they've seen what he's been doing. They've seen the miracles. They've been part of what he's been doing. Matter of fact, listen to Listen to Matthew 10, what Jesus or what uh, it says in there about what Jesus says to them. He gives the 12s. He sends them out. And he gives them instructions. He says, do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim the message the kingdom of heaven is near. And listen to what he says. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely you give, and do not take any gold or silver or copper with you. No bag for the journey, no extra shirt or sandals, um, for your worth is your keep. So Jesus gives them this authority. They've done this before. They've seen amazing things. These disciples have seen amazing things. They've done amazing things. And here they're asking, we only have five loaves and two fish would you think they would have like more of an insight? Like we've done all these things. Jesus says, feed them. And it's like, they go, oh, we only have this. What do we do? But aren't we all like that at times? Aren't we all at times kind of a situation like we don't know what to do? And has anybody ever seen God at work in your life before? I know we have. I mean, having history with God is an important thing, because you know that God's going to work things out the way they're supposed to be. And these disciples have seen history. They've been with God. They've been with, seen, and they've done amazing things. In verse 18, Jesus says, bring them here to me. Okay, bring them here to me. I love that line, bring them here to me. Jesus tells that to us, whatever the situation is, bring it to me. Just bring it to me. And sometimes we have these impossible situations come up our lives. And what do we do? We've got it on the screen here. It says, when faced with an impossible situation, bring it to our all possible God and trust Him with the outcome. No matter the outcome, trust Him with it, big or small. Everything goes to the filter of God's hand. So when you have an impossible situation, you come to Him because He's the possible God, and then you trust Him with the outcome. Big or small, no matter the circumstance, just trust them with the outcome. Several years ago, uh, excuse me, last year, several years we've going to Ukraine. And two years ago, we went to Ukraine. It was a Calvary Chapel, Poltava. And while we were there two years ago, speaking to the, the senior pastor, Pastor Eric, I felt like this nudge that God wanted us to come back and do, we we're doing outreach to come back and renovate the church. And matter of fact, the church used to be, it's downstairs below. It used to be a bar, all right? Now, they don't have any Bud Light signs or nothing like that on it, okay? Everything's cleaned out, but it's older looking. And I've done construction mission trips before. And I just felt like to ask him, do you want us to come back? Maybe that's something that God wants to do. And I asked him, I said, Eric, do you want us to come back? Maybe we pray about doing construction. And he said, we've been praying for that the last couple of years, like we've been praying to to to, to read to renovate this, this this sanctuary. And I said, well, maybe that's a God thing. Maybe that's what God wants us to do, but let's pray about it and see what God wants us to do. So we begin to pray throughout that time to the following year. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, this is a pretty big job, taking a construction team and an outreach team all the way to Poltava, Ukraine. By the way, it's like 18 hours away. And I'm like, God, this is kind of gonna be difficult. I mean, think about construction. You got, there's tools. There's, anybody ever do construction? There's a lot of stuff that's got to get done, a lot of moving pieces. And so we just begin to pray. And God is so awesome and amazing. He puts together the team, 28 people, half for construction, knew exactly what needed to be done. Half of the people outreach. And we get to Poltavo and we, we actually, we, before we get there, we Skype them. They say, we're going to have everything taken down in the sanctuary. All that you got to do is put everything up. And we're like, okay, that's easy enough. Well, we get there, you know, anybody does construction always knows there's something's going to happen, okay? Always. We get there, and it wasn't exactly what we thought it was going to be. So we had to take like an extra three days, three and a half days, just to kind of fix some areas. It took a lot of extra time, and we just couldn't finish what we couldn't finish the job. The guys felt so bad that they couldn't finish it. But here's the thing, and God's plans, which I didn't know at the time. God gave us an extra amount of blessing of money that somebody donated to the team, okay? Because while this is construction, we're in a separate hall, paying for a hall to do the services. When we left, we couldn't finish the job, but we're able to give them the money, and that money was the exact money to finish the sanctuary, to pay for the hall. Did God know that? And they completed the whole thing with the money that was blessed to them. See, when things look impossible, the all-knowing, all-possible God can make things possible. And I'm excited because we're going back in June to get you to see what was done. It was completed. So we got 14 people going. So pray for us. We're looking forward to it. Um, oh, there's the picture of the construction team. Now, can you find? Can you see who was... Uh, what do you call, a photo-photoshopped in, in? and you can't pick it out, which that's a good job, right? There's two people photoshopped, actually. Actually, three. One, two, and three. Hector's actually a little bit smaller, okay? Um, But this is the team that went over last year and then did the job, and just an awesome, awesome group of men um, and you know, they just, it just was, everybody worked together so great, and um, so I just wanted to show you guys a picture. Awesome guys, awesome guys. So talking about the impossible, as we just said, look at verse 19. And so he, Jesus, directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, gave thanks, and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. I love that image. It's just Jesus giving thanks, you know, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, and so God gives us what we need when serving him in his will. He can multiply our meager amounts. He can take whatever we have that we think is so small, and he can expand it. You know, just like I was saying on that trip, you know, getting something done and the finances, somebody blesses the team, and all of a sudden we got those finances to give everything, and um, God can take whatever. And we could trust him with that. We could trust him. And sometimes as we're going through things and we're waiting, waiting is a difficult thing. When you're praying and waiting on God, it's a, it's a difficult time. I mean, we all know we like the yeses. I mean, it's even good to have the no's, but that waiting part is just like it's a churning inside, just waiting for something. And those of you here tonight are probably just waiting on something. And so here's, here's the thing I wanted to put up for you. I, I had this. I can't remember where I got this. I had it in my file. That's on the screen. Trust in impossible situations. Here's the big thing. T, take God at His word. Take Him at His word. Know that God's word is 100% true. And if God gives you a word about something, okay, God's going to see it through. Okay, God will never fail us, as we just saying. He'll see it through. So trust Him in His word. Then here's the thing is rest in His presence, See, God is a God of peace. We can rest in understanding that, okay, he's got everything under control and have that peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So we're waiting, trust God in his word, rest in his presence. There's nothing better than being in the presence of God. When you're spending time with him in his word, you're worshiping him, there's just that peace, so rest in him. God does not want us to be unrestful about that. Understand the outcome doesn't depend on me. Now, as a man, that's kind of difficult sometimes. As a man, I, I it's like, I want to get something done. I want to take care of it. Like, I've got to get this done. When our son had kidney failure, there was nothing I could do. But I wanted to do something. All I knew is I could just pray and go to God. But as a man, we want to do that. But trust, trust him and understand that the outcome doesn't depend on us, okay? And accept that God is sovereign. I think that's the biggest thing that has a, a, a problem with a lot of people, understand that God is sovereign, that he is in control, that he is sovereign of everything. And the testimony is use it to share with others to magnify his name. And when you're out sharing, nobody can take your testimony away. Nobody. Because that's your experience that you had with God, and you know it happened. Uh, I love being able to share the testimony. As a matter of fact, God will take those times and, and really use those messes, which we don't like, we don't really care for them, but he turns it into a message that we wanna share with somebody else. So think about in your life, some of the things that God has done, maybe there's some situations, and then share it. I've shared multiple times about our situations. I'm pretty open book about stuff, okay? Because I'm open, I wanna share about what God has done. So be share the testimony, because the testimony is not really about us. Who's it about? It's about God. It's about God, glorifying him. Here, Jesus, you know, he feeding these people, and he's doing all these different things, and he's taking care of them. And, and um, you know, Jesus is just an amazing, amazing, amazing God. He just loves us so much. And I thought about how Jesus gives the disciples the job to go and serve them. He says, no, now you serve them. He wanted to get them in this servant mindset, this mindset of going to serve people. I mean, later on, you know, John and James's mom, they were like, hey, which one of ours is going to sit on the left and the right, okay? You know, but Jesus is like, no, you're going to be servants. You're going to go serve people and get them in that mindset. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should speak, they should do so, as who speaks the very word of God, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength of God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And everybody said, "Amen." That's what it says in the end. So we have these gifts, and I know that many of you here in the church on Wednesday nights, especially mostly on Wednesday nights, it seems like it's the ones that kind of like serve. You know, it's like the servants; they're just servants, and you guys are just servants, and so. I thought about you all and how you're doing an amazing job just serving here in Sebastian. We hear up there in Melbourne what all that's going on down here, okay? People are just ecstatic with what God's doing through here and through you that serve. So all of you in the body, I've got this verse for you right here. It's on the screen. First Corinthians 12, 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Be blessed in knowing that God has placed you just where he wanted you to be. I mean, think about that. God has personally placed you where he wants you to be as you're serving him. That's personal. See, he chose you, and then he personally placed you. It's like our bodies. God created our bodies. He put it together perfectly. And God's body, the people, he puts that together perfectly as well. And he says, I'm going to give you gifts. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you supernatural gifts. You can do a lot through your natural gifts. But when you rely on God's supernatural gifts, man, things just change. Things just happen. And we see what God does. And he's placed every single one of us exactly where he wants us to be. He chooses us, personally places us, gifts us. He empowers us with the power of his Holy Spirit, which is residing in us. Okay, We can do everything to his will, what he wants us to do. And listen, I don't know about you, but when, when you're filled up with God's spirit and you're moving out doing the gifts, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome feeling. It really is. I mean, it's kind of like, a, a, it's almost like addictive. There's a lot of bad things to be addicted to, but it's great to be addicted to God, you know, and doing the things that he's asked you to do and seeing the things that are p- changing, the people's lives are changing, seeing ministry happening. I don't know how many times that, that we've seen things, just God's done amazing things where it's like, that was only by the hand of God. And then we got to be part of that situation. Church, don't miss out. If you're not part of the situation, if you're not part of that, if you're not connected in that, you miss out on it. And man, it is a blessing to serve God and to serve others and see people's lives change. So if you're not, be part of it and watch what he does. And all of you moving forward in the body, okay, it's a body in motion. What happens if a body's inactive? Man, it's an unhealthy body. Can you imagine if this body did not move, it was inactive? It was like day of compassion. It was like nobody showed up. I mean, that would be bad, okay? I'd be like, really? I've gifted you. I've given all the things that you're the body. Have you moving forward? I'm the head. And a body in motion actually is a healthy body. And and here, CCS, you guys are a healthy body. You love Jesus. You're staying active. Don't ever become inactive, So this verse just reminded me of you all here. I got it on the screen. Instead, we will lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly, and each part in its own special way helps the other parts so the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. See, connected together. Isn't it great being together as a family? I mean, I love being part of the family. And the best thing is knowing God has grown us to be more like Christ-like, being connected together. It's better, serving together. And here's the thing, is we talked about it, Jesus chose us. He says right here in John 15, 6 and have half, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. See, Jesus has appointed you. Like you, like you, 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 me appointed that you should go and bear what? Fruit. And that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. When you're doing things in God's will and you're praying for things and it's in his will, he's going to give it. He's going to take it. He's going to do it. And so we all stay active, producing fruit, eternal fruit. Fruit that's going to be last beyond what we understand. It's just like this ripple effect. So I saw this picture of active fruit, and I thought of you guys. Now, I'm not saying you all guys are fruity, okay? That's what I'm saying. But it's like these fruit produced, you know, it's fruit. Which one would be Pastor David Cluse? I don't know. I didn't want to say that, Okay. But here here you all, you're like, get fruit. And they're all working out, having active fruit and just doing the things that God wants you to do. And that's how God wants us to be. But it's in a serving mindset where we're serving and there's fruit and it's a ripple effect and there's more fruit and people's lives are being changed. People are getting saved. The kingdom of God is getting built. We participate with it. And then you pray and you seek God for things and then you see prayers being answered that are in his will And you're like, man, God is so alive. God is real. So many people out there are like, God's real? Like, really? No, God is real. And when you're praying things in his will and you see it happen, man, you're just like, it just gets deep down you're like, God, all right. God, you're amazing. You're awesome. Okay? So it's just awesome that we can see God at work and we're this fruit and we're moving forward into it. It's a blessing and to see all that he's doing. And also serving. Do you know there's scientific news out there That it is really good for you to serve, scientific, okay? There's evidence that there is benefits in helping and serving. There's benefits. Oh, we're going one in a line. Okay. Helping others can help you live longer. Ah, there we go. One at a time. I didn't know that. Okay. So it can help you live longer. So if you want to live longer, what do you do? Serve. Serve. Go and serve. Okay. Anybody want to live longer? All right. Helping others makes you happy. Helping others makes you happy. Amen. Okay? It does. You just serve and it just makes you happy. It's like you just see what God's done through you and you saw things that happen. You just get happy about it. It's a, it's a joyful thing. Helping others may help you with chronic pain. Whoa, this is a scientific fact, okay? So if you're going through chronic pain or things are happening, maybe get up and start you know, helping and serve, okay? Helping others lowers your blood pressure. Now, here's the thing is if you have blood pressure issues and you serve, I'll talk to Pastor David. We'll get a blood pressure cuff in here, okay? Now, if you serve in a kid's ministry, it may go up. I don't know, okay? It may go up, okay? But it's supposed to, this is what it says. Helping others, this is great for teens, promotes positive behavior in teens. It does. I know when our, our young ones were, were younger, okay, I know my wife would take them out serving. It, promote, it does promote positive behavior in them. And isn't it good that we have a uh, a ministry here that ministers the kids to teens, get them out, get them active? And here's the thing: is helping others gives us a sense of purpose and meaning. You know, if you don't have purpose and meaning, it it's difficult to do life. And when you're serving, it gives you a purpose and a meaning to do something. It really does. Scientific evidence is great, but I know one thing, God is greater. He knows what's good for us. He knows it's good for us to serve. And back in the Old Testament, thousands of years ago before modern science came up with even these things that we said, look what God says in his word thousands of years ago. Whoever brings a blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. See, if you're a blessing and you're out serving and you're being the hands and feet of Christ thousands of years ago, God already knew that's good for us. He already knew. You'll be enriched and you yourself will be watered. And especially what happens is spiritually you really start to grow because you start to experience God in a greater way. 2 Corinthians 9 says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we We take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. See, when you go out and serve at this home and help out, you're going to be thanking God. You're going to be thanking God. And God's going to bless you. And sometimes people think blessings would think like a financial thing. Can God bless us financially? Yes. But it's more of a blessing when you get to see God at work. When you're part of that and you see God at work, it's a blessing love seeing God at work and being have that, that blessing. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So being a giver, it actually we gain and God knows what's best for us. All right, let's look at verse 20. It says, they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. They're saying probably is most likely closer to probably 20,000 people. Can you imagine 20,000 people and you're with Jesus? Can you imagine what that was like? I mean, just envision that, just think about that. And you're there and you get off the boat and they're all coming at you. And Jesus just has this compassion, okay, and he's, he's healing them and you're watching this. And then he says, feed them. And it's like, right, we only got these couple of loaves of bread and these fish, what do we do? Imagine being there watching that, okay? It's the same thing even today, watching God do what he does, being part of it and seeing the things that he does. It's amazing to watch. And as we're just thinking about how God just takes care of things, imagine what those guys were like. I think, I think God had 12 baskets for a reason. Because there how many disciples? 12. Imagine being that one of the disciples, and you're picking up that basket and what you're thinking. They each were thinking about what they just experienced, what they saw, what God did, what they got to be part of, and I think God did it on purpose, okay? So here's one of the last slides. God will always satisfy what we need. I mean, we need food, right? We need shelter, We need clothes. Praise God for that, right? God will always supply. He always supplies to his people that are following him. But what's most important? Clothes and all these different things are so important. They're good. Food, so important. Absolutely. But what's most important is our spiritual satisfaction. Spiritual satisfaction. Because if you look in the verse, it says that they all ate and were satisfied. So... They were physically satisfied with food. But we know that God wants them to be what? Satisfied what? Spiritually. Man doesn't live on what? Food alone, bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And God's desire for them is to show that he did all these things out of love and compassion, but he also wanted to show them who God is and point them to who God is. And God wants us to be satisfied spiritually, spiritually, he wants us to be satisfied spiritually. And nothing else can fill it at all. In John 6, it kind of shares about the story of what we just read, and it goes into a lot more details. But as you read through John 6, Jesus, as he's moving along, is sharing about spiritual life in those, in those verses in John 6, pointing people about how things are spiritual. And it's not so much a physical thing; it's a spiritual thing. Because one day we're all going to live somewhere else, and so he gives this he gives this teaching. And in this teaching, he says these things that really freak out the people. There's like all these people that are listening, like thousands of people, and he says that drink my blood and eat my flesh. And the people were like, "That is just like that's freaky, you know? Like, I, I, I what are you saying here?" And they all, like all of them, leave Jesus, except for the 12. Okay, they all leave Jesus, except for the 12. And look what, look what Jesus says to them. It's on the screen. As a result of this many of his disciples withdrew, they called them disciples, they were fallen, but they weren't like the, the 12 withdrew, and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the 12, you don't want to go away also, do you? And let's look what Simon Peter says. He answers him. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Like church, like who else can we go to? Like where else can we go? Like nothing else is going to satisfy us. If we're looking for things outside of Jesus to satisfy us, it's never going to work. It's a God-sized hole that never gets filled with thing after thing after thing, after thing after thing. And Peter had it right, "Lord, whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life." And it's awesome how we have God. We have eternal life. And really, nowhere else to go. And top of it, He gives us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us to lead us and direct us in our lives. Every morning when we wake up, like what do you think about when you wake up? What are some of the things that you think about? Like sometimes like coffee, you know, breakfast. What do I have to do today? You know what the most important thing that we have to really think about when we wake up? Is really go to God and say, God, empty me today. Fill me with your spirit, okay? So I can be alive, okay, spiritually and walk forward and move everything that you have for me today, God. So I can see through your eyes, through your heart, to be the hands and feet of Christ. This is what Jesus shared with his disciples. When we read, this is what he did. And so these are the things that we want to do because we are his disciples. Amen? Moving forward. And God is doing amazing work down here. It's just great to see what God's doing. And so let's just recap. So let's be compassionate people. ABC, right? Always be compassionate. Trust God in all situations, difficult or not. Continue to serve God, serve others, be a blessing, and we get to be blessed and be filled up spiritually so we're satisfied and overflows from us and people get to see Christ. When we're overflowing with Christ and we're just with the Holy Spirit and people can recognize God when we're just overflowing, it's like a, a thing of water. I don't think you've ever seen this illustration, but it's like a thing of water. And you, you know, God fills us with the Spirit, And he puts it into us. He puts the Holy Spirit into us. Okay, we're walking around, we have water. That's great. But God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to continue to be filled because when we continue to fill, what happens with the water? It overflows. Okay, it's living, active water. And when we're filled up, it just overflows from us. And people recognize there's just something different about that person. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if someone came to you and said, I can tell you've been with Jesus. That's what the Pharisees said to the disciples. We can tell you've been with Jesus. That's what I want to be. Listen, you can come to me anytime and say, hey, looks like you've been with Jesus. That's what we want. We want people to see Jesus through us. Amen? Amen? All right, Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for your word and your truth. God, we just thank you, Lord, that You've given us your spirit, God, to just move forward in all the things that you have for us. God, in this world, even right here in Sebastian, there's so many people here that just don't know you. God, may this be a church that is a beacon of light for you, God, just to reach out to people, to share the good news, to be compassionate, God, to reach out and really make a difference, God, in people's lives. God, we just pray for this day of compassion that's coming up, Lord. As people are needed, just come together and just work together as the body of Christ and see the works that you do. And God, we just thank you, Lord, because we know that one day all of us together, Lord, will be in heaven for eternity forever, God. No pain, no suffering, perfect bodies. And God, we just thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Sebastian podcast channel. If this message impacted your life, we encourage you to share it with a friend. We're located at 1251 Sebastian Boulevard, just northeast of intersection 90th Avenue and State Road 512 in Sebastian, Florida. Our service times are Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 1045 a.m., and Wednesdays at 630 p.m.